Welcome to Zach to the Future. I'm your co-host, Dashiell Driscoll, joined today by Bayside's auto enthusiast, Mark Paul Gosler. Hello, Mark Paul. Hello, Dashiell. You know, I'm not even going to do the pleasantries this time. I'm going to blow right past them. We've got a guest. We've got a big old episode. Let's just get into it. How does that sound, Mark Paul? This is a great episode. I'm so excited. See what I did there? I did. For yeah. my next, for our guest. Um, our guest. Thank you. It's our house. Yes. Yes. I'm learning. I'm learning that this isn't just <laughs> my show, my yeah. podcast, my life. I think it is though, but yeah, that's, that's okay. Sure. It is kind of, but all right. <laughs> it's, it's really not. I mean, honestly, yeah. like I, I the, the amount of work that goes into this podcast every single week, if I didn't have you, I don't know what I'd do. I wish people could see what was going on before we even, rec- like we were just, we are like, tech- <laughs> it is, there's our guest in the background laughing because yeah. we heard all of it. Because he actually saw, he, we, you know, he, he peeked behind the curtain and he saw the, uh, the tech issues that we have every week and, and every that's, single that's, week. That's, that's sort of the, uh, that's life, the charm behind this show. The guest we keep talking about who's real and a human who exists, Rutledge Wood. Rutledge, welcome. We, we are, we are happy to have you with us. And, uh, may I give you a brief intro? As soon as people hear your voice, make sure you're real. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Hey, thanks for oh, having real. me. Okay. Yeah, there he is. Wow. If you're not familiar with Rutledge Woods, why do I keep saying host is right in front It's of a stuff. tree, not a forest, Dasho. Oh, come on. I know. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Rutledge Wood, he's one of the hosts of American Top Gear, former host of NASCAR Trackside, Netflix's, Netflix's The Floor is Lava, and the American Barbecue Showdown. Rutledge, I feel like I could go on and on. I think that's why I was stumbling. I, you have a lot of host credits. It's silly. Uh, Southern and Hungry on Cooking Channel, Hyperdrive on Netflix. Let's talk about the stuff you cannot find on Wikipedia, your fandom of Say by the Bell. Uh, which is why you're here. It's huge. I just want you to know the 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 first time that I met Mark Paul, I think we were at the Toyota Pro Celebrity Race in Long Beach. And like so many other people, when they meet someone that they've watched for so many years, I had that thing where you immediately are starstruck and in a second second you're like, be cool, man. He's just a he's just a normal guy. <laughs> he loves cars. And uh I can't believe I get to do this with you guys. Um, to be friends with Mark Paul and to see this podcast happen, to see Dashiell that, that you're doing it after Zach Morris' trash, all this, like it just is so full circle and amazing to, uh, to be on here with you. So, uh, fellas, thanks. What a treat. Thank you for joining us. Hey, and Dashiell, I know the next question is, is if I did my homework, but not only did I do my homework, but Rutledge has done his homework as well. When I called, do some people say that I call you Wood? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Dash will seem to call you Woods. Um, I was, I kept reading the word hosts. I kept reading the word hosts as I was trying to say Wood and it, it messed with my brain. I'm sorry, guys. But when I call, but is it okay if I refer to you as Wood or, or do people say Rut or Rut? Like, what, Most what? people say Rut. You just, I'll be honest, Mark Paul, you can call me whatever you like. You can call me MP. I mean, MP is like what I what I usually go for. So, oh great, MP and Rut. That that sounds pretty good. That that's like my new show, my new podcast. I like that, especially since you're wearing six pairs of headphones. I think we got something. <laughs> we start a musical group, then we could really make this happen. And to give an insight to into why he said I'm wearing six headphones, uh, I, I had some headphone technical difficulties this morning, and um, I'm wearing actually my son's. Uh, headphone for his virtual learning. And so I'm wearing that underneath my other headphones, which would be for my recorder hooked up to my microphone. Um, 
Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of headphone action going on here. But uh, what what I was saying about the homework is that I, I asked uh, Rut if if he was familiar with this episode. Not only is he familiar with this episode, he watched it with his daughters the other night. Hmm. And I thought that that was a really cool thing because, uh, you know, not too many of our guests uh, take this seriously. Oh, my gosh. The, the, I think Dashiell and I had a chance to talk for a minute before. I, I'm such a big Save by the Bell fan. Anytime that we would have kind of any gap more than like three minutes. Save by Bell trivia was something that I really played. The board game, MP, as you probably know, it's a little unfortunate. The board game was always geared more towards the female audience. That didn't stop me from owning it and knowing all of the, <laughs> the questions. But right, you, you said you should. You said as you should know. I have no idea. I've never what? played the board game. I oh. have it. Yeah, no, I have it. There was there was one in the in the writers. I think Tracy had one in her office um, on the reboot. Like I saw it, but I I never experienced that as a child either. Yeah, no, I've never played it. Uh, Row was actually, uh, you, you were amazed that I've never watched this, my show. I, Completely. I, I, I never, yeah, that's what we built this whole podcast on was um, I've never watched a show in its entirety. I, I watched this episode, Driver's Education, about two hours before we started this podcast. I make my notes and that's how we do the show. Dashiell, you know, it's, it's funny. I've seen um, different actors and actresses in my lifetime and they'd say things like, oh, I never really watched this. Or, but a lot of times it would be one movie. This show was something that you lived for years. And then people like Dashiell and I lived for years and years because of syndication. I mean, I, I remember getting up early so I could watch two episodes before school. Then there was a time period where they played them in the afternoon. Like, I just, I, I enveloped so many of these things that I saw in the show and notes and in my mind. Like, when we moved to Georgia... I think I took like a pinch of Zach Morris, um, a pinch of Ferris Bueller, and then maybe like a little bit of, oh, what was the guy who he had the locker that was magical in the hallway and would lead to like the, uh, Parker Lewis. Parker Lewis can't lose. I think yeah, I, Corn, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I think I took all these things in a blender. And when I showed up to, to start school when I was 15 in 10th grade, I would tell people like, hey, I'm going to be your class president next year. My name's Rut Wood. And I just was this goofy kid from Alabama. And I think I took all of that. Like you were in there with me as like, Zach Morris has my back. I, I got this. I'm going to, I'm going to go places. And then turns out it worked. And I was a class president junior year and senior year. So yeah, this is, it's so wild to me that you didn't watch, but I absolutely get it because you lived it every single day. And then you heard about it for years, I'm sure. Until one day you're like, Oh, I, this is part of who I am. It'll always be these memories. And even still, y'all referenced the other day, you know, what Jimmy Fallon being a fan and seeing the way that you guys brought it back there. I don't think there's any chance Peacock show happens without those moments, without someone like Dashiell um, and Funny or Die. So this is just, it, this podcast is tremendous. The stories are awesome. I, I love every minute of it. You know, Rudd, I'm, I always try to kind of thread the needle here of like, you were a fan, and then how does that impact your later life? You became a host of multiple television shows, which was like Zach Morris's whole thing at Career Day. So maybe some little egg nestled itself in your brain and hatched all these years, years later. Now you're hosting a dozen TV shows. That's, that's kind of neat to chew on. It totally is. And, and what was cool is I think that you saw in the, the story arc, it, to me, it's a little bit like The Simpsons. Every Simpsons show, you learn something. There's, there's a moral, there's a turning point. And the character of Zach Morris 
was I always thought was an inherently good dude. He was, of course, selfish and, and <laughs> was really the only person that existed on his planet. But if we look at that character today, the reason I can watch that show with my three daughters is because if you look at like the Instagram stars and the notion of influence and everything else, guess what? Those cats don't exist without an archetype like Zach Morris, you know, and, and he did, he had a good heart. He would do the right thing. It just did to, to so many times it would take him getting ridiculed in loads of trouble and everyone else going like, seriously, dude, we, everyone saw you steal the muffin. Just tell me like, it was always that, but it is funny think that it definitely helped me and so many other people kind of develop those things about, all right, I want to take the good things that I see. I don't want to roll those with me, but I think, I think a lot of us did that. On that note, uh, we might as well just get into the summary of this episode in case you didn't watch it. Cause we have so much episode to talk about. Uh, so let's just dive right in. It's driver's ed week. Zach, who just gave Kelly a friendship ring, despite her not being sure about going steady, isn't taking this absurd class seriously and is threatened by Slater who just bought a car to take out Kelly. Zach plots to get Slater to flunk driver's ed, but it backfires and results in Slater crashing the school car, giving Kelly a head injury. Screech tells the gang about Zach's plan, so they trick Zach into thinking Kelly has amnesia, so he confesses. Then when Kelly and Slater are going to take the heat from Belding, Zach steps up at the last minute and takes his punishment. He fails the course, will try again next year, but wins Kelly's heart. And we're in act one, just like that. So there's a lot of banner work uh, here. Uh, I feel like I can call you Rut, too. Is that okay, Rut? I I, I feel like we're in a good zone here. Uh, The banner in the background there says Capri Club, and I Googled it because I had no idea what a Capri Club Mm. is or was. I thought it was interesting. The only club I could find are auto enthusiasts dedicated to the 1969 to 1987 Ford Capri. Capri Club exists. They're still active on Facebook, even in a pandemic. And uh, But I don't think that's what Capri Club meant there. I just thought that was... Thought that was a little neat, tiny, tiny thing. It's a nice shout out. I, I'm not sure that in the Palisades uh, that uh, uh, there could have been a club for crappy Fords at that time, but um, I highly doubt it. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? No, the Capri Club didn't get jumped off till the mid 90s, anyways. Uh, so yeah, Mark Paul, Zach offers a friendship ring. Uh, doesn't seem like he's interested in friendship here. It seems like he wants a, a little bit more. No, and I'm I'm a bit concerned by uh, Kelly's reaction. She's like, "Dad, Zach, we're we're oh, did I just make a Freudian slip there?" You, yeah, I think you did. I Whoa. did. Whoa. <laughs> uh, how much how much time we got here this week? <laughs> uh, she does like older men. We've we've we yeah, did. She does. Yeah. She does. Okay, it's yeah. you made her Freud. Yeah, I get it. Yes. you were compensating for her slip. Correct. Kind of cool. Uh, but she says, "Zach, we're we're just dating. I'm not ready to go steady." What, yeah. What she literally says, I don't see a ring on this finger as you're like trying to put a ring on this finger. But help me understand that. So she wants to keep her options open even though we're yeah. dating. I mean, isn't that like a mm. that doesn't seem like a, a, a thing you do in high school? I mean, did you have that rut where you were in high school and like the women or the girls that they're not women, they're girls would say, I want to keep my options open? This no. is weird. We no, we came from was- the last episode where we kissed at the prom. And now she wants to, I mean, I don't know. I have a problem here. Outside the prom, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Outside. Whoa, what a great one. What a great one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, well, so it's interesting because I also was watching it and I thought, wow, is there a difference? Like, back then I felt like you were going with someone. That's what, that's what people would say where I was from. Like, oh, will you go with me? And you're like, go where? No, no, like, go steady with me. So 
I thought that was kind of interesting. But then I started laughing. MP, did you ever hear of like a promise ring? Were you familiar with those when you were growing up? Kind of. I think I, it was, I never gave one or it's, no one ever gave me one. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I heard about those from the Jonas Brothers. Really? All right. So, <laughs> that yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Jonas, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a weird notion of like, one day we're going to be something. And maybe it's like one day we'll yeah. be engaged. Whatever the thing is, I, I embarrassingly gave someone a promise ring. So, um, how'd that turn out for you? Not great. She's our realtor, but that's the joy of life. So, um, oh. yeah, it turns out okay. it's totally fine. Promise but you it, a good deal. Yeah. Promise you're going to make 6%. Um, no, it's funny. Cause that was immediately, you're like, wow, you give her a ring, but then she's like, oh, we'll see. And the gosh, when does she show it? When you're showing the ring, it just, that was brilliant. Cause it's such a good turn for her to be like, do you see the ring? I love that part. I wonder if Kelly's like, hey, my family is starving. My dad got laid off. Can I like take this ring and Ooh. go buy food, please? <laughs> like our, our lives are melting. Um, you're buying me jewelry I don't want. The, the ring does produce a, um, a, the iconic shot of us kissing though. That's yes, true. Yes, we do. The ring leads. There is a lesson here. Yeah, even if she has to mull it over whether or not she wants to go steady, you're still going to get a big old smooch in the hallway because uh, it is a nice gesture and, and the crowd goes wild. Speaking of mull it over, the moment that camera goes into the classroom, Slater and that other dude, it is, y'all, it is mullerific. <laughs> the hair was just so big. And when my 12-year-old is like, Dad, their hair looks like yours when you haven't showered. I was like, okay. <laughs> right. that coat flow. <laughs> I've got a little action of that going on right now, but that's for my show, Mixed-ish. I, I, I still have it like sort of longish in the back, short up front. It's, I, I can't wait till the season is over. I think I'm cutting it short. Yeah. Just just shave it all off. Who cares? It's fun. I just wanted to point out, though, at the uh, 20 minute 35 uh, second mark. Um, mm. You there's mean, a, wait, 20, 35 remaining. I see what you're, you're counting backwards. Don't, don't question. I, I said well, 20, I, it's 35. Confusing. It's, it's confusing for the viewer because 20, 35 is like two minutes left. When I hear 20, 35, I think 20 minutes, 35 seconds into the episode. What you're counting down is 20, 35 left in the episode. Listen. Listen. All right, I'm just I'm ju- I'm just saying it because it's I want every I want our viewers to. Well, li- well, here's the thing. I'm playing this off of Hulu. I and know, when, but if you mouse over the, the little dot on the thing, it shows uh, whatever. We can look. This can, right over here in the right hand corner, it says twenty thirty five. Ne- negative, negative twenty thirty five. Okay, you yeah. just want me to throw in the <laughs> negative. I'll throw I, in the I, negative. Sure, please do. Thank you so much. It means the, okay. it means the world to me. That's my Christmas so, gift. <laughs> <laughs> negative 2035 for the listener, not the viewer, yes. but if yes. you're viewing it on Hulu with us, I get it. Okay. okay. Uh, there's okay. a, there's a, there's a background guy here and he's, he's one of our regulars. Um, but I just want to point out what great background work he is actually doing. Uh, he's actually using the locker like a human being would not like the, uh, the cast is saved by the bell, but he's actually turning the knobs as if there's right. a combination, which, these locks, we've lockers should have locks. We've talked about this in the past. And then also he's doing great background work because he's opening it very softly. Do you know why he would have to open it very softly, Dashiell? I do, because if he makes any noise at all, we're going to have to do this whole scene over again. And, and lunch is, we're, we're 30 behind. So, so please do not slam that locker. That's correct. <laughs> so he opens it. He gets something out of it. He's talking with another background artist. They can't really speak because again, they can't make noise. So he's yeah. probably just moving his mouth to make it look like he's speaking. Then he closes his locker, but he doesn't actually close it. He leaves it ajar. You know why he can't close his locker? Because it would make 
noise. noise, and we're 30 minutes behind. When is lunch, guys? I got to go Correct. home to see my kids, please. This is amazing background work by this artist. That's why they're yeah. called background artists. Artists, yeah. I just want you to know, listening, listening to the podcast and hearing those kind of nuggets, or when you're like, oh, this isn't our normal skateboarder, you'll see him in the next season. I just want you to know, those gyms for ultra fans like me are so awesome, man. To, to know that depth of it and how much you were interacting, pay attention, everything else, that stuff is huge, man. And like, why? seriously, why was everyone was always on the payphone. That payphone was empty twice ever. <laughs> it was hopping. Also, wait, there is something I will, I mean, I do agree that that's very good background artistry to factor in the fact that we're rolling sound here on this thing. But it is kind of funny that he goes through all the effort to use his lock, then leave his locker open. Like maybe this no, kid no, no. is the one with the head he's, injury. <laughs> no, no, no. He's actually next to his locker. He just doesn't got close it. it. He just because, doesn't got it. Okay. Yeah, he, he he doesn't close it all the way just to not make sound. Just, it's, it's, uh, right. it's great work. Yeah, and that's why work. he is one of our regulars and kept coming back week after week yeah. because of this type of uh, uh, you know dedication to his work to the craft. I salute yeah. him. That's his Act of the Future official salute <laughs> for nameless locker man. <laughs> so now we're in the uh, classroom. Yep. Uh, Mr. Tuttle is back, played by Jack Angelus, who we learned from Bennett, uh, one of the writers, was just a dude who worked in, a, I believe it was legal affairs or accounting. He was not an actor. Um, and they just picked him to be one of the teachers and like one of the standout teachers. He's great. We love Mr. Tuttle. So welcome back, Jack. I loved it when you when when MP when you said hey it's the driver's driver's ed episode I was like oh Mr Tuttle this will be awesome I do it immediately Mr Testaverde was probably my favorite name because it was just so fantastic but at our high school uh, Macintosh High School in Peachtree City Georgia our driver's ed teacher was so similar to Mr Tuttle that it was kind of weird for all of us um, it was Coach Weed <laughs> Richard he went by Dick. Dickweed. Dick, Dickweed. Nice. Dickweed. Good. True story. And Coach Weed was both in shape and in humor uh, so much like Mr. Tuttle. I think I think it really hit home with all of us. Isn't it funny you remember the teachers with the funny names? I had a Mr. Wiener who was like a, a slightly portly math teacher. <laughs> never never once will let go of the fact that I was taught math for several years by a Mr. Wiener. Funny every time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm a child, so I think that's pretty funny. I'm an adult baby. That's why it's funny to me every time. I mean, you can't, you can't forget that. Uh, MP, did you, it sounded like um, Ed taught you uh, a little bit of driving in the parking lot. Did you ever take a driver's ed class? Uh, I did. I remember having to take a driver's ed class um, when I was going through the process of getting my license. Uh, and then... Because of the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach, my first time doing it, I think was in 94, that sort of sparked my journey into racing cars. And I, I got into SCCA racing, two liter cars. And then I got into a series called the, the Barber Dodge Pro Series. Uh, and in between my times of being on a track, you know, you just wanted seat time. And one of the instructors from the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach, you know, because we train out in Willow Springs. Sure. Uh, he had an advanced driving course for um, recently acquired, uh, teens who had recently acquired their license, you know, to, to feel more comfortable behind a car. These advanced driving lessons would teach them, you know, what to actually do in a skid, not just turn into the skid. Like, what does that mean? Right. I have to turn into it. We'd actually put them in that position and they could see how to, to you know, properly get out of a skid or to, or to like, you know, 
parallel park and have the confidence to do that anywhere. Uh, and I, I, because I was trying to look for seat time, I actually was one of his instructors. And we would train these kids out in a parking lot in Anaheim, like at Angel Stadium or something. And uh, little did they know that uh, the guy sitting next to them as their driver and instructor was uh, Zach Morris. I had brown hair because I wasn't working. Uh, and it was between the time, I think, when the show wrapped in 94 until like 97, 98, something like that, that I would, that I would. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wait, how? So, so it's, that's, in, that's insane. And did anyone did anyone ever turn to you and be like, "This is going to sound crazy, but yeah. are you <laughs> like, did that ever happen?" I think it may have happened <laughs> once or twice, but I, I, again, oh my because God. the show, you know, the the show was syndicated in '96, and I think that that's when it really took off. Right. Uh, if right. you if you were my age or uh, Rudd, I don't even know if you watched it on the original Saturday morning. You know, when it, when it, when yeah, it actually I did. aired. Saturday. Okay, so but there were there, very few people actually watched it when it aired on Saturday morning. It mm. didn't really take off until after it was in syndication, That's where it would so play funny. after school and things like that. So you know, and and but I didn't have blonde hair. I probably right. wore a baseball hat. Uh, you weren't and, holding a giant cell phone. It no. wasn't like Kelly wasn't there. It was like, uh, there was no context here <laughs> for no like context. what I'm uh, understanding. Is, and also, if, if I was in that seat as a student, I would take one look and be like, you're, you're being, your brain is being stupid right now. Just just go through the cones, do the skid turn, whatever it is. I'm like, let's get on with the day. Yeah. You know what it was like? It was like a, a autocross course for these kids. Yeah. You know, we'd set up all the, cor- the, the cones and things like that and just get them really comfortable behind the wheel. I think it's super important for, I mean, I have a 16 year old now and, um, you know, once this whole pandemic lifts, I'd li- really like to take him like shifter karting or, or, or go karting and, and get him into a car so that he doesn't, he's not afraid of the, the limits of a vehicle. Cause once you know the limits of a vehicle, you don't need to push it and you're not also afraid of it. Um, but I think that's really important for, for, for teenagers and, and people in general to understand, you know, what, a, what, what a car's limits are and, 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 uh, not be afraid of, of, uh, you know, getting behind the wheel. But okay, let's get back to the show because <laughs> yeah, there's please, inter- something interesting in this yeah. that uh, that uh, Jesse says. Mr. Tuttle asks her what the uh, what the speed limit is, mm. and it's 55 right. miles an hour. Uh, I, I think I mean I don't know what it is in Atlanta, but here in Los Angeles, the the speed was moved up to 65 miles an hour on the freeway. I never drive the speed limit, and I'm gonna throw it out there. I mean I'm, I I try to do five miles over, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm. I'm do you I'm, really? I'm, is it real? Mm, what's the real number? I'm not going to tell you. All right, I'll tell. You, I'll tell you mine. Mine. Mine is. Mine is nine. nine. Mine is nine. Why over. nine will, and not ten? I will. I will go. I will tell you why nine because I got a speeding ticket in high school, and something that stood with me in driving school was a a cop was teaching this driving school, and he said, you know, uh, almost all the tickets I give are because someone is ten miles per hour over the speed limit. So if you're nine miles an hour over, I'm probably not going to give you a ticket when you hit my radar. And that that stuck with me. So I will routinely not go more than nine over. Yeah, I if I see 55, that tells me the base speed here is 65. Same if it's, yeah, it's if it's 70, right. 80 yeah. is going to be the limit of traffic. Yeah. The funny thing is y'all have to, you're, you're both in California talking about traffic. Like there's ever a chance y'all can really... Open it up, and for yeah, <laughs> we can just open those, it up all the time. For those six <laughs> seconds when someone is not camped out in the left-hand lane, that Raptor, I'm sure, is flying. But it is funny because we forget that you know there was that national 55 mile an hour speed limit probably at the time when that was written, 
but then, you know, it just keeps getting changed. And can you imagine driving 55 miles an hour on a freeway? That is, I, that's no. painfully slow. Yeah. It's dangerous. A lot, there were, there were people that did it in Atlanta. It's like a college project and they ran on 285 and they all did the speed limit. There was like six cars wide oh that did God. 55 and people were passing in the median. I thought they were going to get shot at. It was crazy. Sammy Hagar has that, the, the famous song, I can't drive 55. It was enough of a thing to write a national hit about it. I am convinced that the speed limit, 55, 65, 45 even, where, wherever, are all um, adopted by people who are high. <laughs> because I, I have been a passenger uh, having taken a gummy or two, uh, and I swear to God, no matter what the speed limit is, it could be 35, that is way too fucking fast. <laughs> For wherever you're at. <laughs> it feels like you're in the Millennium Falcon no matter oh, what. Oh my like, God. The, the lights are just flying. Yeah, sure. Right. We've all been there. Yeah. Slow down. So you're saying a bunch of people very high are riding the speed limits in America. I would love to I would love to hear that podcast. I would love to be in the room where a dozen high people are like, it's, it's what should we, what's Maple Street? Like, I don't know. 35 feels right, but I... I think, think I'm going to die when someone's driving it. And here's another thing. I'm, I'm a motorcycle rider, so I, I ride on the streets. I, I commute on a motorcycle. So I split lanes. It's legal here. It's not legal in Atlanta. By the way, when I was uh, filming out there, I, I rode a motorcycle um, exclusively for the- you try my, and lane split here? No, 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 no. You can't, which is, I mean, no. it would just drive me nuts because there's traffic the in Atlanta. With the, with the, the F-250s here with like the towing mirrors, those guys are just, they wouldn't know what to think if they saw you lane split. Yeah, but, no, no. In California, it's so normal. But the first time you see it, you're also like, who is evil Knievel running to the front right, of yeah. every traffic light? It doesn't make any sense, but- it is. It's real fun for me as a as a motorcycle rider. I feel safer in the in the split lane. Um, as long as you're going, I think the uh, the recommended speed limit between the you know if you're if you're going with traffic is no more than ten miles an hour uh, faster than the the cars around you. You know, I, I, I that's what I have in my head. Um, but I feel safer getting to the front of a line, taking off first off a, uh, off a stoplight. But speaking of uh, weed and driving, when you're on a motorcycle and you're on the freeway and you're in traffic, the amount of people smoking wh- while driving is, I mean, I, you get a contact high if you're on a motorcycle splitting lanes here in, in LA. It's actually so bad. There's like billboards about it. There's like an ad campaign about like, please, Southern California, do not drive as high as we all smell your driving <laughs> constantly. Uh, and those are also, it's, it's funny you say that like, there's a lot of scentless marijuana technology. There's all kinds of vaporizers and you mentioned gummies. These are just the people still like burning like joints in a car uh, that you can, it takes a lot of hard work at rush hour to make the 101 smell like that. And yet, there we are every day. Johnny Dakota would not have known what to do with that kind he would of information. Not be pleased, or he'd love it. Yeah, he would, he, he'd be very pleased. It would have been weird. I think you're referencing the show, correct, Johnny Dakota? Yeah, he's a guy from the show. There's no hope with dope. You know that. It's funny because in this, in this, uh, in this uh, episode, uh, Slater is the only one who knows how to drive out of all of us. When did you know how to drive, Rut? I learned how to drive when I was 13 in New Mexico with my grandpa. He taught me how to drive on a dirt road. And clearly I had watched this show uh, when Screech was wearing the helmet because when my sister Jenny learned to drive, I wore a helmet in the back seat to be funny. And I, I'm not sure she's forgiven me yet for that. Uh, <laughs> that probably was probably a little bit damaging. Well, that's a funny This goof. dude's hair 
this dude's hair for the record, you see it in the classroom, but when he walks by you again, it's, I hope his hair had an agent separate from his own talent agent. It was so good. This is uh, the Max after Driver's Ed, uh, one of our background artists with just a, a luscious mane. Atop what the head. fuck wow. is he lot, wearing though? Is he, I mean, is he auditioning for? He's on another show, dude. Pirates of the even, Caribbean. I mean, is is he a poet? He just walked over. Yeah. What, what, no. what is going on here? He doesn't go to high school. I'll tell you that. <laughs> he does not a high school student. At least he's wearing a belt. I watched your outfit so many times in this, and I thought, I mean, number one, y'all all had a waist that was like eight inches wide. Yeah. Like I don't know. It, talk about hourglass. These two standing next to each other, Dash will correct me if I'm wrong. The pant technology alone there is it's really next level. Yeah, there's there's a lot of um I would imagine like a lot of elastic uh going on in there and maybe they just made the fabric smaller at the top. Uh but yeah, it's uh I I've, I've been eyeing the pants too. There's it, it's certainly of a Are different Z time. Are still around? Is is that co- no? I that don't think they down? are, but I don't think so. No, I don't think they I don't think they pivoted in 2020. Which is unfortunate. I, I, if Mario had been given stock in that. <laughs> I like, by the way, the little see the ring rib- rhythm. How like at first Kelly like doesn't like it, but then she does a see the ring to like... Zach and Kelly really do deserve each other in a sweet way. They're like both each other's brand of crazy. Uh, it's fun. I like it. Absolutely. Also, just tracking the fact that um, Zach's rich, in case you couldn't tell because he bought a ring on a whim. Um, he didn't find it in a, in a box of cereal. Uh, Zach reveals that his dad drives a Porsche, which Zach expects to drive himself. Uh, a fully loaded Porsche 911 in the year 1990. That would run you $78,000 or $155,000 in 2020 currency. The Morris family is rich. Just tracking that. So here's a question for our car expert this week. Zach says my father's driving a Porsche or a Porsche. I can't tell, but what what does Zach say, Rut? And what do you think he says here? So this is an interesting thing because... And in the show, there's only a couple times when name brands are mentioned. Like Lisa's mom has a, a Benz that y'all wrecked, of course, after a little too much drinking, but we never, I don't, <laughs> I don't even think they refer to it as a Mercedes, but it still has the emblem. So I grew up again in growing up in Birmingham, Alabama, there was like two people that owned 911s and they were both dentists. And so I didn't really see them. A lot of times, and it wasn't until I was doing Top Gear that I got the education. I always said Porsche, but apparently the E on the end has a sound. So it's actually Porsche is the correct pronunciation. And then I, I built one, but because Dash, I'm a little bit of a redneck, okay. I stuck a GM uh, 525 horse crate motor in the back and, and made it this crazy wide body called an RWB. Hmm. Um, and it's still funny because I'm supposed to say Porsche, but I made the Porsche crowd so mad when I built it that now I kind of, you can call it whatever you want, Porsche. I tell them it's a Beetle with extra cylinders. That oh, really drives me crazy. That's but it, I did think it was baller. And yeah, they hate that. I did think it was baller that you said, I'm going to drive my dad's Porsche. I mean, it was like, man, Derek, what did he, he was stacking that cash up. Yeah, I mean, he was selling, he was definitely selling some computers in, in 1989, 1990, uh, back when those things could cost like 15 grand. Good time to sell a computer. 
What what was your first car, Rut? What what did you when you turned sixteen? Do you remember? The first car I ever had was the same one I learned to drive in when I was thirteen. It was a nineteen eighty one Volkswagen Rabbit pickup, diesel four speed with no options, <laughs> no air conditioner, no radio. Wow, that sounds like a great car. It was a car. It certainly. Were. I still thought it was cool. I wash it every day. Like I put rainbow window tint on the back <laughs> window because I thought that would be fun. <laughs> Uh, but it, you know, a first car is a first car is tough, especially if you believe in your mind, like you've got Zach Morris panache, except you've got Screech's wheels. It's a tough, <laughs> it's a tough place to be. What about you guys? What were y'all's first cars? Uh, my first car was a Mazda three. It was a uh, G Wiz. I think the year was two thousand four. Um, and I went to school in Los Angeles with a lot of like the. It was a private school. A lot of rich kids, and the parking lots were like full of like BMW 3 Series. And like, I, it was like a a kind of a crazy world in retrospect to be in where when my parents very generously were like, we'll help you buy a Mazda 3. It's a brand new car. It's, it's got a bunch of safety features, which was their big thing. And in my head, I'm like, but why, but why, mommy, am I not driving like a German sports car like the other 50 kids I go to school with? Uh, it turns out because my parents aren't crazy. <laughs> and now with a little hindsight, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, let's see. My, I, I, I bought many cars before I actually bought one for myself. How about that? Mm, um, that's a cool. It was statement. an Oldsmobile that I bought for my uh, my parents. It was for me, guys. I mean, it had yeah. a license plate that said four MPG, <laughs> so I knew it was for me. But I bought it for my because awesome. yeah, oh, that's what you do when you're uh, a, a, yeah. a, a a child who works in the uh, in the business. Um, I think there was a Prelude that I once bought. wasn't for me yet. We're getting to the point where I bought a car for myself. Um, I had a motorcycle before I actually had a car. We talked about this on an earlier show. I had an FZR 600. Uh, and then when I finally bought a car for myself, um, I had a, uh, I think it was a 1990 or 91 um, Ford Mustang GT two-tone gray. Wow. Cool car. A Fox body. A Fox a body. A two-tone. Was cool it car. a GT with the slotted taillight? Yeah, uh, I believe so. Yeah, it was like the, the slope back kind of right thing with like that little uh, spoiler on the back. Yeah. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it was with the with the slotted. That's right. If you look back. Yeah. 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 Had, yeah. Oh, man. Man, that was, you were crushing I was cr- it in that I thing. felt like I had, I, I was crushing it. I know that Mario actually had a convertible, but I wasn't a convertible guy. Like I, I like that. Uh, what is that called? It's just like hatchback. Is that what the, they call those? Or yeah, yeah, because they, they had the notchback and then they had the hatchback on those, and I'm sure that's what that. But the two tone gray was like that. They didn't make a ton of those. Those yeah. were cool, and just that car had such like a time. Oh, it did because Vanilla and Ice. Really, remember he was he talked about that car 5.0. Like everyone was talking yeah. about 5.0. Yeah. You know, and I remember I had a 5.0. I was like, oh, I, I love the way it it like I love the way the the stick shift felt in my hand. It was just. I don't know. It just felt loose and 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 uh, I I had a lot of good memories in that car. It, it probably felt like a huge engine connected to that stick shift. That's probably what you were experiencing. Yeah, but you know, I I remember being um, on this show, Saved by the Bell, the one that we're talking about. Yes, and, we're still uh, on the show. Yeah. <laughs> before I got that uh, that Ford, I was looking through Auto Trader for a Porsche. Uh, probably like a 1984, 85 SC. Oh yeah, I remember this vividly. Like looking through the Auto Trader and highlighting things. Wow. Nowadays, kids can just go online and look at yeah. pictures, but all that that was was like a description, and then you would have to call. Yeah, you'd have to find out. You know what? I mean, how many cars have you got? Have you bought through that process? Right. Oh, 
so many they i mean the auto trader now is is an amazing website and for the record if they're listening would be a great sponsor for this podcast great sponsor uh but it was a it was a magazine that you would buy at the gas station and it was Dashel, it was amazing because it was kind of like comic book. It was like a comic book for car nerds. And we could sit there and dream about, yeah, an old 911 SC. And the price looks good, but you could always tell if it said call for price, you knew it was going to be too expensive because that's still the rule today. (laughs) We'd look at those as as teenage boys, uh, you know, in the year 2002 and 2003 as well. Like we were, we were, that's how I got the idea for a 300ZX. I was like, well, for this budget, I could probably get one of these like crazy Nissans with like removable roof. Like, that that seems like a good use of my of my time in life. Absolutely, and I will say, Say by the Bell was pretty lucky, with the exception of when we see um, Slater Chevelle coming up. Could have been a Malibu, I couldn't tell from the side. But you know, the only other stuff we had to really view for cars was like nine hundred two one zero. And let's be honest, when Tiffany ended up over there in a black Acura NSX, my mind blew because it's like, there's my dream woman in my dream car. What's happening to the world? That was a Whew, you guys lived it too. That was pretty crazy. And just to end the scene in the Max, I do a spit take. Yeah. But that would never fly nowadays. I mean, no, even, even, even pre-COVID, even yeah. pre-COVID, this is disgusting. Usually spit takes you do away from everyone. I give zero fucks here. I do it right down the middle. Yeah. I spray everyone in my path. I mean, if you want to yep. freeze frame it, um, you know, I, th- I think it's at uh, negative seventeen twenty. You know, when you say it like that, it's like it's a problem for you. You know, it's like you yeah. can just say you can look. I was just pointing out in case anyone's confused at home. But at negative seventeen twenty eight, yeah, okay, you can uh, say it like that. You sure. could you could you could see the the look of disgust <laughs> on my fellow actors, and and rightly so. It yeah. is disgusting. Oh, I would, yeah. I would be disgusted too if anyone did that to me, whether the cameras are on or not. And I don't think this is the only, I don't think this is the only spit take you do in the series for the record. I think it's like there's a couple more. Well, it became like a, it's an easy, it's an easy button to hit, especially you guys are constantly eating and drinking like every single episode. And that takes us, uh, into Slater's garage with his his beat up old car here, uh, looking real sad. I kind of wondered how they triggered the license plate frame to fall when Jesse walks by. Like I was like, did they use like a magnet? Was there some guy under the car who just like let it go? Like, I, was there a string? I was. It's Ooh. a tiny, tiny little effect, but I did wonder how did they how they do that. I don't know. Well, I mean, it could just be fishing line. It could be a magnet. Yeah. You know, the yeah. the, 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 the I, plate yeah, is on know. a magnet, and somebody's behind the car, and they just give a little right. tug. You know. Yeah. What I learned from uh, listening to this podcast, I think the guy's name was Chuck, who uh, was probably in charge of that because it sounds like Ed was uh, was very good friends with him. Art department really crushed it, though. You would not have thought this is the same car. I, I think it was. You would know better. but I don't uh, know better, but I, I would assume that this is the same I car. Is, I don't yeah. think they can find two uh, are, yeah. Chev- Chevelles uh, you know, that look alike. But... If I was the owner of this car, I mean, I would flip out, right? I mean, the f- they're just covering it in like rocks and sand. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, is anyone going to help? Can we bring this thing back around and repaint it when we're done here? Well, I think that stuff on there—I forget what they call it. It's like talc or something, or like yeah, uh, yeah. It looks like baby yeah, powder. Sure. So they put a couple extra headlight bezels, and then they look like they took the left uh, kind of trim piece from the headlight and just sort of hung it sideways, but. Uh, boy, uh, I was really excited. You did an I love what you do for me style Toyota. That's joke. what it was. 
Dashwell, I asked you this before the yes. during the pre-show. That we that's do, what it was with Toyota. <laughs> yeah, no, I I couldn't I couldn't no, ID what that was either. You guys do like yeah. a pre-show hangout where you talk about things before you do. Them? We have well, like we just questions want to be on the sometimes, same, and you know, like yeah. there's points of clarification, and and plus we just love each other's company yes. so much that honestly, an hour plus a week isn't enough. So we we try to get more time <laughs> I, in every I day. I get it, <laughs> but but going back to that, Rut, what was what was the slogan for that for the Toyota thing? Yeah, there was that campaign where. Um, uh, I love what you do for me, Toyota. And people do that. And they had the first one was, oh, what a feeling. Mm. Right. And people would jump. And it was, remember, I just sold it. I had an 84 Toyota van wagon is what they called it. But it always seemed like it was with those or the pickups or where you would see the people jumping the most. But I was pretty sure that was what you were channeling there. No, that's exactly what I was channeling. So just for the audience, uh, they understand what we're talking about. Zach sees um, Slater's beater of a car and uh, and Slater asks Zach, you know, what he thinks. And Zach goes, it's everything I hoped it would be. And then he does like this tiny little jump and he goes, and more. <laughs> and so that was in reference to the Toyota, <laughs> yeah, the, the Toyota commercials that we kind of grew up with. And I wrote that in my notes and I asked Dashiell, I said, did you, do you know what that's from? And, and being the young pup that he is, he had no idea what a I was talking tiny, about. Tiny, tiny pup. I just, I, I just don't, goo goo gaga, me big baby. Uh, the wee, <laughs> the wee babe. You know, for, but to be fair, Dashiell, you missed out on, I really think some of the best commercials we've ever had were like mid eighties to, to kind of early nineties because they were just technology had only gone so far. We didn't have crazy visual effects yet. Like it was kind of just, how imaginative? Can, we need a little more pizzazz. Can someone just just jump, just <laughs> up and down, and move your legs next to the car? And someone's like, "Yeah, you know what? Let's try it. Let's try the jump." And that, like, that's one of those things that we remember. It, it's funny because it, it, it plays it plays now, not knowing the context. Which, like, when Mark Paul asked me, is like, "Yeah, I don't I don't know every commercial from the early '90s." Or you know, like, I things there are some references in Say by the Bell that are like very clear, concrete. Screeches dresses RoboCop. Got it. Check. No questions. And then there's stuff like that where it's just like, oh, that joke feels a little flatter. I don't totally it like it'll just be it's lost to the ether. So I'm glad we could we could pin it down in this episode. So Rhett, this this uh, particular model, this 1967 Chevelle, is it is this a cool car now? Oh yeah, like it and and it was a cool car to to give Slater's character um, some credit there. It was a pretty cool car back then. It's different because in California there were way more of those, and there were where I grew up in Alabama, but, um, to, to have known, uh, I don't know what kind of car products he would have used in this window of time change when it instantly blinked to quote, let's just wash it. And now it's super dope. I, I was impressed. I would have, I don't know if it was armor all, maybe it was mothers, uh, but boy, it, it was <laughs> all you shy. need to do is that wash is, a car and thing is is you get a full in, restore. Yeah. Looks like it's covered in vegetable oil. That thing is just like glistening. Uh, and, uh, worth, worth noting in that last scene real quick, uh, Slater and Jesse's dynamic of like that is still kind of happening of the you know sexist back and forth kind of thing, um, and a not so great Michael Jackson's doctor's reference, which is just what, which seemed early, right? Yeah, like that, I, it, it was, was early, not, not ahead great. of its time. Boy, it was it was both early in Michael Jackson's journey of of having a lot of surgery and doctors, but also like. Uh, you know, we all know how that story ended. So not great. Just gonna say it. Um, and yeah, the car gets the car gets magically restored here. I also had in my notes like, I get there's a rivalry. I get Kelly's on the line. Zach should still be happy. One of his people in his friend circle is getting a car. 
when you were in high school and someone around you gets a car, the whole team gets a car. Like everyone just won. It's a big, it's a big deal. So I thought the way Zach plays this is being so selfish. Like he should be, st- even he should be selfish and be like, "Wow, I'm going to get to do so much more stuff." Whatever. That's my own little thought on Zach's. Yeah, I, I figured reaction. you would you would think that Zach is trash right at that uh, negative sure, okay. fifteen thirty three mark, <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, where he gives a timeout. And then is basically it such a said natural way to talk about time cuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's just can I can I point this out, Mark Paul? I know that you realize this, but I just can't think of another time in history when someone's like, "I'm going to commit my time and my brains to make fun of an entire series," and it was so well received that a group was like, "We should hire that guy to help us write a new one." The fact that Dashiell did that is oh, yeah. just—it's so cool to me. It's brilliant. You're. You're so damn smart and this oh, stuff, you, watching it at first, I'm not going to lie. At first it was hard for me to watch because I was like, you're picking apart this show I loved. And then I was like, oh, you're not insulting me. You're just pointing out some really funny things. It's also pretty selective. It's a, it's a, look, anyone could listen to a conversation between two people and say either one is the villain. So like, it's really about perspective and right. what you want to pull away. But thank you. I, I do appreciate you coming on and saying I'm very smart. So I Dashel, that's, great. that's fun for you me. Is, well, it's true. <laughs> was, was this was this one of the episodes that you that was in yeah. Zach's trash? Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think I I'm trying to remember. I always try to find like the most salacious headline, but it was like he almost like killed his friend in a car accident. <laughs> I think yeah. what <laughs> the way I framed Tried it. To yeah. kill his girl. <laughs> like, yeah. He almost killed yeah. his girl. Or, like framed his friend for vehicular manslaughter was like it was probably some lunatic lunatic thing like that. But yeah. This did get covered. And I enjoyed that this was, this was correct me if I'm wrong, Dashiell, to see um, Zach and the teacher, they didn't always, like, they always kind of, I felt like the teacher's kind of like Zach because he would mm-hmm. sort of spice up the day, yeah. but they knew he was a pain in the right. ass. But this was one of those few times where I really felt like Zach and the teacher were like, yeah, we got this. He's going Yeah, he, he, he collaborates with Tuttle. And we're in Act 2. That brings us to Act 2. As, uh, we learn Zach is, is scheming to, to make Slater fail. Um, and yeah, it's it's a fun little pair up to see like uh, Tuttle and and Zach um, link up. And I had it also here like Zach's like all these adults are so easily manipulated, whether it's by uh, a sense of ego or a sense of like like whatever it is. Like like Zach has a real skill, but sort of all the kids at Bayside of just like immediately getting under their skin um, in a in a real way. Like you can do that to adult humans. It's called manipulation. <laughs> it's just that usually children aren't so well versed in this area um, as they are at Bayside. I agree, and I I kept thinking that especially for someone that appreciates continuity as much as MP, I feel like if I had been on the cast or crew, I there's a, a schematic like a felt picture in the background, and I, it looks like a car in the intersection's on fire. But I feel like I would have just moved one or two of the cars every couple minutes just to see who was paying attention. But that's, me. I think we actually did. I, I, you know, when I saw that felt background, I thought something just came into my brain where I, I, I feel like we were manipulating those, those cars in the background. Yeah. Why not? Cause we would do that. We've talked about this as well as that, you know, Dennis Haskins really liked his, his office to be perfect. His, his, his pencils and in, in the holder, those specifically, they all leaned the same correct. way every but time. But that was didn't a character it? choice, and I would always go in there and just mess with them, and that would really irk Dennis. And then right. it would all, actually it would, it, it would translate <laughs> into irking, you know, Mister Belding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are those are things that I and there's that guy in the background too, the the guy that the, the poet. What are we gonna call him? Like a. I feel like 
we should call him Mr. Moulet because he's obviously French yeah, to have sure. a mullet. That's a good, it's French mullet. Like That's great. That. Thank you. That that is that is helpful. Yeah, you're so welcome. Yeah. How, about, how about Patrick Moulet? Patrick Moulet, I love it. Patrick oh my god, Moulet. he sounds exotic and dangerous. He's got like a Swayze yeah. thing going on here. Yeah. It's like a Patrick Moulet. And I know y'all have talked about it because it's in the cover art for the right. the podcast. But the, the the artist who created the the golf cart in there is so good. But I this really hit home for me because when I moved to Georgia, we moved to Peachtree City which is the land of golf carts, right? It's a town that's built on three golf courses and there's a hundred miles of golf cart path that connect it. So right now at the high school, there's like a 300 spot golf cart parking lot. Whoa. Where if you're 15, you can drive a golf cart to school. So it's, it's before you would turn 16. Yeah. So it's crazy that this one, I feel like really hit home with my town. That's probably way better for the environment, number one. I mean, they're all electric, right? Yes. It's like Catalina Island is all golf carts. Exactly. Um, but also, if you're, if you're 15 years old, that is primetime real estate to do dumb stuff. So put them in a thing that doesn't go faster than 15 miles an hour. You're still going to have a ball. Driving a golf cart is exhilarating at any age, especially when you don't have a license. I love driving a golf cart. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, that's, I like that. More 15-year-olds in golf carts. I think that's a good initiative. Absolutely. And we get Slater is a is unsurprisingly a good good driver. We uh, little sped up footage and Scott Gale on the keys providing our music as always. Yeah, good good parallel parking too. I giggled thinking I don't know if kids are going to really like know how to parallel park in ten years because now so many cars have like a parallel park assist on them. But uh, yeah. it was still impressive nonetheless. And the bicycle double date, come on, that was adorable. You're right. In the fuzzy pink fantasy of uh, Slater and Kelly at the drive-in, which drive-ins, by the way, one of the only like dated technologies in Saved by the Bell that has made a resurgence in 2020. There's a not a lot of stuff that we see as like a, a holdover from an old time or is back, but but drive-ins are. I put that in my notes too. Was that in your notes? You're taking Absolutely. notes and doing homework. Holy crap! I was. I, this is a are big you gunning deal. to host this show? No, I need I this. Just, I just I need want to this, be the one. I want to be the person when someone <laughs> when someone calls and cancels like an hour before. I just want to be the first, maybe the second person y'all call. And like Rut knows this episode. He'll we can call. Please, him. okay, all right. Um, also, just uh, worth pointing out here is this is a plot about um, you know Zach and Slater competing over Kelly. This is the last episode in Say by the Bell where Zack and Slater will rival each other for Kelly's affection. The writers put it to bed after this. This is it. So enjoy it while it lasts, folks. It's, uh, it's, it's done. Thank God. Thank God. Right? <laughs> Why, Mark Paul? Are you worried Kelly might look around and start adding some things up? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm like, if she were to add things up, he's, like a, he's an amazing dude for her. He's got a car. He's he can play the drums. He can dance. He's got muscles. He dresses well. He's well liked by you know his fellow students. You'll see in the next step uh, uh, scene. He actually cares for Kelly. Zach right. is is <laughs> Zach is Zach. I mean, <laughs> now I think now I think you've watched my 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 Zach Morris's trash about this episode because I did remember noting that like when you get in an accident, it is funny when only one person one one of the like is like, are you okay? And the other was like. Ah, like angry, <laughs> like everyone should be like, like, "Let's get out of here." Yeah, everyone should be like, "Are you okay?" Um, but yeah, that what the way you just described him is like a, it's like Wayne Campbell and Russell in Wayne's World. It's like suddenly your girlfriend's around this guy who's just like categorically a step above, and you're like, "Oh, I better get her away from this." <laughs> yeah. So I talked to the writers and I said, "Hey, 
Do me a favor. Hey, we got to please give it a rest. Um, but that also made room for Slater and Jesse's relationship. And, you know, that's the show, folks. Um, and, yeah, we're back in the uh, driver's ed class. Zach gives Slater 20 bucks to give him a private lesson, which, you know, why not? I would, I would do that if I'm in Slater's position. Sure, this, this chump wants to give me 20 and, uh, buy, and I'm going to date his girlfriend. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Can I ask you a question um, as a fan here, MP? I've heard you talk about on the podcast kind of how tight the set was and where everything was. Where was the bathroom position? So the bathroom position, if you're seated, if you're seated in the audience, and again, we've talked about this, you know, the north, east, southwest kind of thing. So dead ahead of the audience would be north, and that would be the hallway. Just to the left of that would be Mr. Buildings. Just to the left of that would be the Max. But if you're in the audience and parallel with you to your left, which would be dead east, would be the bathroom. So it'd be right next to where the end of the audience would be, the end of the bleachers. And the bleachers, we've said in the other episodes, is where we do the movie scenes when we're in the movie theater. But so that would be right right to the left of the audience. Um, It wouldn't be your, your forward vision. It would be sort of to the left. You couldn't see inside that set because it's a three-walled set with, you know, to allow our cameras, to, they're the fourth wall. Um, sure. So you wouldn't see that. And sometimes, like, I'm not so sure about this scene because it, it, there wasn't um, a lot of uh, uh, visual effects or anything like that. The, a lot of these would be pre-taped. I'm not sure that this one was pre-taped. And was the girls' bathroom and the boys' bathroom the same? They would just same. decorate one Correct. thing slightly different? Yep. And, and you know the 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 um, classroom, like Mr. Tuttle's classroom for this one, uh, would the the hallway would be dead center of north. Uh, that classroom would be just to the right, and so that would be sort of north uh, northeast. Um, uh, if you were you know right smack dab in the middle of the audience, um, it, it's interesting because I was going to point this out in the in the other one. We didn't even use like the bigger classroom for Mr. Tuttle's driver's ed. That seems like it's a normal size classroom, which is why we probably use the one wheeled. Uh, golf cart. Yeah. Like those one wheeled golf carts. You don't see those too often. Are those like, don't they use those sometimes in like on sports fields and things to like cart off? It's funny. They were, they were earlier in the, like the first golf carts had three wheels like that. A lot of them had like a center steering. Cause sometimes you'll still see one in town here, but they had a crazy uh, turning radius, but also they would flip over. And this one (laughs) doesn't have the little casters that would help you like on the front where you can see like the, the, the front of the body comes down and goes underneath you. That's normally where they would have this little wheel, like a just in case you don't flip over and die. This one did not have that on there, which I was, because I'm a nerd, I was like, Ooh, I wonder if he can get it fast enough to really no. But yeah, it had a crazy turning radius. It was super tight, but that, that was the same classroom that was used for so many of the other classroom scenes, right? If you use for everything. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's the reason why we use that single wheel uh, golf cart so that we can make those tight turns. Crazy tight. Yeah. I mean, you, you can just- Totally, yeah. I'm, I'm sure someone brought that up. Yeah. That, that's a really good point. And also just to rewind a little bit to that classroom, it is worth noting that would not, we've talked a lot about like other driving schools. That would not prepare you to be a driver, to be in a classroom, in a golf cart. Like nothing they're doing there is actually helpful in the world of operating a motor vehicle. Like it's like in, it is funny as a kid watching this, I did not realize how far away this was from learning to drive. I thought this was like, I would do this, which also I, I never took a driver's ed class in a school. Like we went to a different school. It wasn't like a once a year, if you flunk it, it's gone forever curriculum. I mean, insane, but just pointing that out before we, uh, 
before we and get too really, far away from it that. It really class. felt like as a viewer, if you don't pass driver's ed at Bayside, oh there's my God, no, no way you're, you're getting a license. No way you can get a license in the state of California unless you pass driver's ed at Bayside. Just insane. Um, back in the classroom here, uh, Zach's phone is back black. in the bathroom, not the classroom. I bathroom classroom folks. It's all just blurring together here as we close out 2020. <laughs> uh, Zach's phone has evolved because Zach's phone will continue to evolve. It gets cooler and smaller as the years go on, like your cell phone in your pocket at home listener. Uh, probably maybe, maybe your phone gets bigger every year. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this also, the last time we saw Zach and screech committing phone fraud in a bathroom with belding, uh, was season one, episode three, The Gift. They did a very similar uh, phone fraud thing to Belding. A tweak on an old thing. Still a good gag. And uh, I just couldn't get enough of these. I know y'all have talked about the high top cons, yeah. but the shoes made a real solid appearance again in this one. MP, do you know what um, music video these were most famously seen in? No, I don't. Tell me. So this this one's a way back and again because I was super fit. So um, Axl Rose was wearing a pair in a video called Estranged when he like jumped off the ship and was down in the water and he was rocking those really? same high top. I don't remember the number because I'm a big like I'm a big sneaker guy. Uh, so I don't remember what number cons those were, but they weighed like 15 pounds. They look heavy. Which Dash, if you don't know a they lot of these, heavy, yeah. yeah, a lot of these ones that Zach's like, you know, MP's making them seem like Zach's just totally, those suckers weighed a ton. Uh, but they, yeah, they're in the estranged video. So I, I just couldn't get enough of that style because they weren't re for the record, they weren't really that stylish. They didn't totally like make sense, but they were also kind of cool at the same time because it just was like the characters look so holy. Yeah. You don't have much to do that day except be cool in your big, heavy shoes. Uh, that's the statement you're, you're saying when you put those on, uh, in the halls of Bayside, Zach, Zach brings around this golf cart. He's bad at driving. It's, he's, he's really stopping and starting this thing around the turns. <laughs> um, I thought this plan makes no sense. He is like, it has doesn't Screech make any on, sense. I was going to ask has, you. No, I was, I'm just going to say it. He has Screech on the phone with Belding to keep him busy until he goes outside and catches Slate. Like, it is, it is crazy. Um, in, a, in a world of crazy schemes, which is Bayside, and we love it, um, it makes no sense. Don't get it. So what is what is my plan? My plan is to get Belding to go get the keys for the cart, but Slater's going to be in the cart. In the cart, and that's yeah. what's going to get him in trouble. That's how I understood it. But but right. at what at what point would Slater not just immediately say, uh, "Zach gave me twenty dollars to do, like," and then it's just a my word against your word thing? Like, does Zach establish an alibi at the max? I don't know. I don't know how far. The, I don't think Zach is ever to put it in car terms thinking more than two feet in front of the hood of his vehicle. <laughs> like, I don't think he's really like, like looking down the road at what's about to happen. Cause it makes no sense. Yeah. Doesn't seem like good. Plan. That's, a, that's a well done. Plus as you pointed out, uh, <laughs> on your diet, who would ever learn from watching from the staircase? Like, Oh, I'll just move four feet over here and you can show me how to be a better driver. You know, right again, again, not yeah. Like it's just, it's just cuckoo bananas, but that's the, uh, that's the world we're living in. And here comes Kelly. She's she's late to the volleyball practice, three feet away, and going to hitch a ride with Slater. And this this part also is a little confusing to me because it's like, do I get the way it's shot? I, I get it. I know what's going on with television, you guys. Um, but it's like Zach distracts Slater, so he hits a lot. Like this is Slater's fault. You can say all the stuff you want about. You can say all the things you want about Zach Morris. I will be the first to to 
admit that person maybe not the best role model on television, but if you're going to press the pedal of a car and make it go forward, it's on you at that point. You immediately, it has nothing to do with, with Zach, is my perspective. Now, because I watched the episode two hours before we did this podcast, I thought that I had rigged the cart to like Me too. not have any brakes or something. And that's why I'm yeah. telling Kelly to get out of the car because Me too. Slater just crashed. When I originally was going to do the, the Zach Morris's trash about this episode, I originally was like positive in my head that this was, he like cut the brakes, which is like a standard yeah. movie device here. Everyone knows about cutting the brakes. Um, but no, it seems more like he distracted Slater and he crashed the car, which is like, again, this is Slater's fault now. I didn't distract Slater. How did I distract Slater? Well, you're holding on to Kelly, you're, no. you're holding <laughs> on to, to Kelly, right? Yeah. And so immediately as you're watching it, I was like, he's going to pull her arm out of the that's socket. What I, like, yeah. That's what I wrote. I said, I almost rip her arm out. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I guess he's trying to like say, hey, let go. Obviously, they're in a hurry. You got to go full throttle now on this 1974 golf cart. So it's going to just take off down the hallway looking over, you know, as you know, on a, on a racetrack, you drive where you're looking, right. right? And so he's looking right over his shoulder, turns right, boom, goes the dynamite. I can't tell right here, but I think when they crash at the uh, negative 931. Yeah. yeah, you're saying it now, but now viewers, you know it's ridiculous. <laughs> I think we've turned a corner on it. <laughs> um, starting to feel but funny. I think, I think I'm, I, Zach is about to break there. I, I, I couldn't, I watched, I rewatched it a few times. I'm not sure that uh, I, I wasn't going to break character mm. at that moment. Because it's kind of ridiculous what it just is, happened. It is ridiculous. They, they, and also, what you what you saw, Mark Paul, I'm guessing, that day out of the corner of your eye, was a cameraman shake his camera up and down really fast, <laughs> like which probably looked stupid to you then. So you're like, you're like, oh, Steve's got to shake the camera. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I thought you might be thinking, who's got so many loose pieces of paper <laughs> in a locker as if it's somehow organized, but the moment that it falls, it just, lo it looks like graduation day. If only they would have Maybe used their lock, me, like a, that, like that wonderful background artist. Yes. Um, and yeah, we talked about it, but worth noting again, Slater is concerned about the well, like if you folks, if you're listening at home and you get involved in an accident of any kind with a head injury, please, please, please seek some kind of medical treatment or advice beyond if the, if the person is like, I feel great. Definitely go to a doctor. Uh, and Slater cares, and Zach is just like, cheese it, the feds. Like, we got to get out of here. And, and they run down the hall. Obviously, never flee an accident that is, you know, against the law. Adversely, though, if you're in a minor fender bender, pull the fuck over oh, if yeah. you can. Yeah, people, totally. For get crying out loud, yeah. go somewhere safe. There is a whole lane for you to pull over to. Use it if you can. Obviously, if you're incapacitated, your your vehicle, the airbag went off, your your radiator, you know, there's fluid everywhere. Yeah. Stay in your car. Wait for help. Don't get out in the middle of a freeway and and try to figure this out. Right? No. Right. Ta no, no, ta talk to me here. Yeah. We have this all the time here in LA. If you're in a minor fender bender, pull over. It yes. allows the rest of the traffic to move through. It doesn't back up the 405 for another two hours just because two people tapped bumpers, right? It's also safer. Right. It's, it's safer. Well, like it, I was going to say, at the, at the core of everything is just safety. If you had a little accident, you got to get off the road because there's an 18-wheeler that is you know, three quarters of a mile away that doesn't know and they're not going to find out what just happened. So you got to move over. 
I just was having one of those moments, Dasho. I feel like you must have those all the time. I'm just listening to 2020 Me on a podcast with one of my favorite actors ever telling me to get the F off the freeway <laughs> if I have a fender bender. Yeah. Well, I've watched this show so many times about driver's ed and I just had one of those moments of like, what a fantastic life we have. This is the most ridiculous. Wait till I break out ludicrous and I start saying, move, bitch, get off the road. Please, yeah. Get out the way. Get Now, here's a weird thing. When I was in driver's ed, when I should have been, I didn't take it. Ludacris was on the radio in Atlanta as Chris Lubba Lubba because they didn't think Ludacris was a good name. They're like, nah, that's stupid. You need to come up with something better. We're going to give you Chris Lubba Lubba. So we've just come completely full circle. He would do this thing every day. um, I think it was Tuesdays, hot car phone check-in. And people would call in. They'd be like, yo, what's up? This is Paul. Yeah, I'm riding in that uh, 97 Lexus. And they'd be like, I know you're in a geo. They'd hang up, go to the next person. <laughs> Hot car phone check-in was like, that was the biggest deal. We always tried to get it. We never heard it. But yeah, this is just, this is magical. You're right. Get out of the way, like Luda said. Yeah. It's not that hard. I want a horn that plays that. That's one of my life goals, is a horn the that plays horn, move, bitch, get the out horn the way. Get, <laughs> you can get them. You really can. Uh, I met I met Dennis once at a uh, PF Chang's in Nashville, and I was is when I worked for Country Music Television, which was my first job out of college. I did mobile marketing for them, and I remember walking in, and my friends that I were with, um, they saw this really funny look on my face, and they're like, "What's the matter?" And I was like, "That's Dennis Haskins." And they were like, "What is? I don't know what you mean." And I was like, they're "Like, what's a Dennis Haskins?" Do you not? Do you guys not know the greatest principle of our generation? Is right over there having lettuce wraps. So I did, I worked up the, the confidence to kind of wave. And then I didn't go over until he was done because I was trying not to be a weirdo. And I finally, I was like, it's so great to meet you. Can I get a picture? Um, yeah, that's a, that was a real moment for me, guys. Real moment. I think uh, Mr. Haskins uh, is from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Hmm. How about that? Look at that. How about that? Also, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the dynamic of uh, the vibes here between Mr. Tuttle and Mr. Belding, especially after hearing that Ed said that he kind of felt like as an actor in this series, the dentist didn't really want anybody else to be like an adult vibe. And I totally cracked up thinking like, oh, well, Dashiell just said that he just was like an accountant that they, or wherever he was in the department, they're like, this guy would be fun on camera. And then all of his lines are basically like, I'm coming for you, bro. And this was supposed to be my job. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> so we're in act three here in, uh, in Belding's office with Belding and Tuttle squaring off. Not the last time Belding and Tuttle will square off. This is a fun dynamic and say by the bell, we'll return to this. Um, but yeah, that is kind of funny to be like, Hey Dennis, like, look, we found another adult who can act. He's not even an actor. He just crunches numbers, but he's pretty funny. Right. I'd be like, uh, you also have to remember, I thought about that when, when Ed referenced how there was maybe a little bit of attention or something. Like, Dennis was on Good Morning, Miss Bliss, where the only other starring adult had her name in the title of the show, and she was let go, which has got to create a feeling of like long-term uncertainty here of like, hey, anytime they can just, they can just swap me out for another one. Like, I would, I would kind of protect my seat also. Um, I, I would. So I, I kind of get where maybe he was feeling in that. And I feel like the writers took another swipe at him by, you know, the Mr. Balding joke. And yeah, there, there's a, it's back. there's a real <laughs> like look of hurt from, from uh-huh. uh, Mr. Haskins here. I feel. And I thought he played off. I, I love that Dashiell knew that the, you know, the previous reference was two buildings in the same building. One of whom is Balding. Right. That got a little call back, but yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about, 
because I loved Milo. I thought he was one of my favorite oh, yeah. characters uh, on Good Morning This Place. At least when I saw it as rebranded as Saved by the Bell. But it's funny, you know, the insight that, that Mark Paul gives people who watch the show, uh, for those that don't understand, like, TV seems awesome and movies and entertainment, all that. It's the least secure line of work of all time. And to be successful at it is so, it's so rare and so crazy. But I can't imagine what it would have been like, you know, to see this show today. And for us, Dashlow's fans, to think like, Mark Paul would end a season and be like, cool, guys, I hope we get to do the show again one day and have no idea. Meanwhile, like, it goes on to just grow in infamy and, and become this cult classic that it has. But that's coming from the guy who once bought the whole set on VHS off of eBay. So. <laughs> and back in the halls of Bayside, Belding emerges with a, um, you know, a threat when an adult talks about trouble to kids. Uh, and yeah, like the thing happens, which happens all the time at Bayside. Or I guess, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. First, like Zach tries to tell Slater he should take the heat for this one and Kind of cackles away, but uh, yeah, but he should take the heat for this one. He he was in the car. No, he crashed. I, I agree. I'm yeah, look, okay. I'm I'm the first person to be like, hey, Zach did some things we need to revisit. <laughs> but I will say this is this is Slater's fault. Like it's his accident. I'm it, that's just what it is. Um, and also there's a ooh ye- yeesh that be a woman and cook line. Not good. Uh, had that in my notes too. Um. But yeah, Screech spills the beans like, if I were Zach, I'd be giving Screech misinformation at this point. I'd be seeding him with information for my enemies to discover, knowing they would, and that would be how I'd win the day every time. If I was Zach, I'm not. It does make you wonder if, if, if Slater wasn't trying to, uh, to, to make nice with Kelly, this dynamic, this whole thing could have been different because mm. it could have been like, oh, I'm going to the gym. I'm late for volleyball. All right, cool. See ya. No. That didn't happen. Yeah. It was it was Mr. Chivalry. I'll give you a ride on the golf cart. Yeah, because let's face it, the gym is three feet away. So it's like he was really just trying to get, uh, as Mark Paul put it, a couple more minutes of seat time uh, with Kelly. True that. And we're in the max, uh, you know, for this like, I mean, I think you can hear it in my voice when I say for this like, this like, let's trick Zach into thinking Kelly has amnesia scheme. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like, what the hell are these? Can these kids read a book? Can they, like, do some homework for once? <laughs> really good, really good stuff. I, you know what jumped out to me the most? The sleeves on that shirt. W- yeah. Was that like a 4X? What is that? That they tucked in? And was that the style that I just did? Because I didn't grow up in California. Was that, like, once a thing where sleeves you know what? were that I'm long? I just remember now, Patrick Moulet was my stylist. Oh, see who he was like. He was like, "Let's take a chance today." It's like a square. It's like you're wearing a square of fabric on your upper torso. Like I drew you when I was five. <laughs> just the body of the. It's like the body of the shirt was a medium, but the sleeves were a four X, and so it just all together. Again, I grew up in Alabama, so that's not something we saw there a lot. But I, I always wondered, like, did they ever tell you guys? Like, hey, what do you think? Or they would just be like, this is what you're wearing today. I, I really don't remember um, a lot, but I really don't remember doing wardrobe fittings. That's what we call them, you know, like to try on certain things. Sure. I know that I despise them now. 
And I think I broke our our wardrobe designer on Mixdish because I, I I basically <laughs> flat out told her that I don't get paid as an actor. I get paid to do wardrobe fittings, and it's the truth. I ha- I the hate just looking try- into your eyes while you say this. Like okay, yeah, yeah. just take it, but just take it. I, fe- I feel terrible, but I I mean honestly, I hate trying on clothes. I really do. I just want like just put just put anything on me. I'll make it work. And I feel like that. Right. I feel the same way about this particular outfit. Is that I would just be like it, it just, just whatever, whatever. As long as my hair looks good. I'm cool. You guys looked cool for the time. Like, let's face it. You and there were some choices that that are have aged differently, but like the net result was the choices they made with your wardrobe were cool and have stood the test of time. Just that those sleeves are absurd. <laughs> that's a camping tent. The rest of it is good for people though that don't know. Like modern day industry, what MPSA is, they will call you. You'll spend thirty minutes on the phone with someone. They're like, so Mark Paul, tell me what kind of what do you wear on like a Tuesday? What do you like? And you're like, cool. I wear plaid. Uh, I wear blue jeans and I wear sneakers and they're like, great. Okay. We'll see you on Tuesday. And then you show up and it's like Brooks brothers shoes. It's start shirt from JC Penney and their khaki slacks that have like lines on the front. And you sit there and you're like, but I thought, didn't we have a phone call? And then this is everything that I'm not. And they're like, yeah, can you just try this on for the next four hours for us? It's a, it's the weirdest. And then not only you have to, you try them on, they have to take photos. And, and I guess they tell you that these photos are going to higher ups. They're going to make decisions based on these photos. I've, I've had this. Um, I never like to look into the camera on these photos. I always look to the side. I, I, I don't, you know, you just have these weird quirks uh, sure. uh, that, yeah. that you adopt. I, I don't know why, but this is what I do. Um, but I've had instances where I will take a photo for the wardrobe and I will hear like, well, well, we'll cut, we'll flash forward to the episode and I'll say, Hey, what happened to that one thing that I wore that I actually like? They go, well, the producers didn't think you looked very happy in that photo. And so they, they, they didn't, uh, they didn't think you wanted to wear it. I go, what are you talking about? Well, you weren't looking at the camera and you know, your face has that, you know, that look that it always has that you're an asshole. Um, and so they did, they just didn't pick it. And I'm like, Oh man. So I've asked, you know, a lot of the times, and now we have to wear masks during the wardrobe fittings, which is great. Cause they can't see that. I'm what my yeah, face no, looks they, like. you, you should just be like, that's my new thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I've, I've, I've said like, can you just crop my head out? I mean, when I, when I get, when I make it really big, you guys, I'm putting this out there now. I will you have think somebody made it really big. Mark Paul. No, I will. <laughs> when I make it this big, I will have somebody who does my wardrobe fittings for me. Got it. Okay. Mm. That sounds like a good, that's a good, that's call. A good thing. Listen. Isn't it like listen. the rocks? Like cousin is his stunt double. Like it, yeah, why not? Why not be. just throw the work around like that? Like, yeah, hey buddy, like you're my friend. We're the same height. Try on these blue jeans yeah. and smile. And, and, and just, just, just to throw it out there. I feel so fortunate to be able to be in this business, doing the things that I get to do. Super gracious. There's only one or two things that I just can't stand. And one of them is being wardrobe fittings. Yeah. And, and maybe the other one is, is a thing they call ADR. I don't really know what that stands for. Audio dialogue recording replacement dialogue. Di- it's di- probably direct replacements better because you're not always ADRing. And see how dialogue, this would go yeah. full circle. Full circle would be if a background or someone you know on the crew would make a noise on my line. I'd have to go to ADR mm-hmm. to sort of insert that specific line or word and. In the same Correct. tone, feeling, yeah. breath, tinniness. Yeah. So it's the in most a studio. complicated it's, it's, thing. It's ever. hard, right? You have to match it with the beeps. They 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 play the scene or the that that specific line on screen, and then the, 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 there's these beeps, and they go beep, 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 and on that 
you know, uh, uh, invisible yep. fourth beep, you say the word and you're supposed to match it with your lips. And it's a real art. I actually am pretty good at it, but it's something that no one wants to go do, right? You never, you never go like, oh, goody, I get to go to ADR. Yeah, it doesn't stand for awesome day recording. Hey. No, which it should. Which it should. There should be water slides and popsicles. (laughs) And gummies. And you know what? We should point out. We should point out because I, I, and the reason I want to bring some light to that is a lot of people don't understand what it is. The only thing that's more awkward than people like you or I doing a a wardrobe fitting is that some sweet person has to go and shop for us. And that is a whole, like that dynamic, I can't imagine how difficult it is for wardrobe because especially on a show like this, when you've got these, these teenage actors who are all at different points of development and their style and their vibes and everything else, and you're trying to be like cutting edge and cool. And like the Z Cavariccis alone, like we had not, I had never heard of those before watching this show and seeing them take off. Those people need so much credit for what it takes to do that for one person, let alone a whole show. It's yeah, insane. let alone a whole high school. Uh, we we just have shouted out oh. the reboot a couple times. The kids in the reboot are dressed like phenomenally well, and the wardrobe is all incredible from like the stars to the background. So like when you do it right, it looks next level. Absolutely. Um, and we're in the max, and they yeah the, the the plan works. They trick Zach into confessing because he thinks she has amnesia. Don't think about that one too long. We could be here all day, um, <laughs> but it means nothing. Because then they're they're back at Bayside, and Zach is like not going to confess. Like a confession doesn't mean anything if you tell your friends you murdered the guy, but when the cops show up, you're like whistling and don't make eye contact. Like it means it's weird. He was dead the whole time. Yeah, so I don't know, folks. Thing. They can't. Zach Zach says a version of something we used to say when I was in high school, which is not true. Which is they can't get us all in trouble. They can. They can get all of you in trouble at any time if they really want. It's not a big deal. They can do. They that. really can. Whoever they is to you. Um, and yeah, it takes Kelly and Slater standing up to confess before Zach does the right thing. So, you know, Rut, what you were kind of talking about at the beginning, it's like, he does do the right thing. It's just, boy, does a lot have to transpire to get to that right thing. Yes, it really does. Plus, you know, Dustin's character gets called Tom Cruise. Nice feather in anyone's cap, yeah. even though it's fake amnesia. I still appreciate it. A lot it's- of Tom Cruise references here and say by the bell is Tom Cruise. Really, by are. the way, still very famous. So he he's stood the test of time, <laughs> uh, just like uh, just like drive-ins. Apparently, I also liked Slater's delivery on "I was in the seat, I'll take the heat." Felt very cool. Cool line, right? Not as cool as the uh, the dude with the hair. Yeah, Patrick, Patrick Moulet, Moulet, absolutely still yeah. ripping up. And to be fair, the two person through the door gag made me laugh out loud because it just is so, sometimes the lowest hanging fruit might just be the sweetest. Yeah. It just was so mm-hmm. stupid when Tuttle and Bell did come through the door together. I just, they're, they're just, they're vying. They're like vying for each other's spots. It is, it is funny on knowing what I know about how Dennis thought about adults on his set of kids. Uh, that is funny that they're like, they created a little tension between them in a demented way. This is Zach's idea of a romantic gesture, and I, I mentioned it earlier, but like Kelly's moved by it. They do d- deserve each other, not in a negative, pejorative kind of you deserve each other way. It's like, no, they've like, they're, they're synced up. They're, they're, they're drinking the same brand of crazy. I like that he gave the, the, the weight for me, like you're going off to prison for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, he's going off to be, he, he apparently can't drive for a year because this is, 
the DMV is where they go to school. That's right. You're in big trouble. Wait for me. Wait for me. I thought that was so funny. But they love each other. Or they high school love each other. They like like each other. Um, she's moved by Zach's complete lunacy, which may have injured her. She still hasn't been to a doctor if you're keeping score. And thank goodness I carry that uh, friendship ring wherever I go so that in cases like this, I can just pop it back uh, on her finger. Oh, I would, I would guess Zach has a deal with someone in Chinatown where he got like 13 of those things for a bargain and just he has one in each pair of pants and he's just like ready to go at all times. Absolutely. And again, it's fun to see, even though he's mad, there's, there was a, a head injury, we stole the car, lockers were wrecked. There's still that playfulness. A lot of crime. Yeah. A lot of crime. There's still the like, well, this, this, this Zach Morris, he's my guy. He's my Let's guy. no seriously. I write. Would know we're going to the office now. I mean, we're leaving right now. Get over here. I still, I just couldn't get enough of what it. What an episode! What a great, great episode. You know, we talk a lot about these episodes. It's kind of mostly what we do around here. Uh, but this is a great one, and I'm glad we got to spend so much time on it. And uh, and what a great guest, Rut. I'm telling you, yeah, I, Rut. If I can call you Rut, I, I really think you. You brought a lot to the table here today, and I, I see why you host 37 shows at the same time, <laughs> and we're all, very, we're all very happy for your, your success. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question for you. Your show on Netflix, The Barbecue Show, was, w- did they come to you, or did you come to them? Like, what was the process? Are you a big barbecue guy? Are you a green egg kind of guy? I grew up, uh, as I told you, in, in Alabama. My dad was always really into cooking, and he always wanted to open a, a barbecue restaurant, and he did. Uh, about eight years ago in a little town called Sonoya, Georgia, where they shoot The Walking Dead. So it, it really um, has been great. It's called Katie Lou's Cafe. It's named after our two oldest daughters. But what happened was I did a show for Netflix called Hyperdrive, which is like Top Gear that I used to do meets American Ninja Warrior. And everybody would put their own car on the line, go through these crazy racetracks. And so while we were doing that, they kind of said, hey, do you want to do something else for us? And I said, yeah, of course. And they said, well, what kind of what kind of ideas do you want to talk about? And I had just done this show, Southern in Hungary, uh, that my buddy Guy Fietti produced. And it was my friend Damaris Phillips and I kind of driving around the South, eating good food, which is also, by the way, like a good way to gain like 15 pounds each season. <laughs> you can just eat stuff all day. That just It's not good for you at all. We just started running, jogging back to the hotel uh, when we were done at the end of the day. But we wanted to make a show that could show... Th- you know, the, the idea of, of competition shows are so kind of dried up to me and hacky and it's, well, this person said this, and it's all this kind of fake drama. American Barbecue Showdown put eight contestants from all over the U.S. together, gave them these incredible tools. We shot it here in Georgia and it was just really, it was a beautifully done show. Like visually, it was stunning, but the people were awesome and they all helped each other. They wanted each other to succeed. And I think, you know, we shot this last year, uh, September of 2019. So it came out this summer. And especially this year, you know, so many of us were just missing that connection and love and friendship that we all need. And so it was really cool to watch the show, find an audience and people go, oh my gosh, like this, these people are, they're passionate about food. They love cooking, uh, but also like they love people. And that's kind of always been, you know, for me, the sort of glue that holds all of these different projects together, but man, delicious. 
I've told you this. It's in my queue, and uh, as 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 soon as I finish uh, the last season of uh, Killing Eve, I'm I'm moving on to your show. Um, but uh, will I learn things? Like, will I learn like you know when I have to uh, make ribs? Is it better to put them in foil for that last uh, uh, two hours, or is it better to put it in butcher paper for the last two hours? Like, will I learn things? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah you totally will. And what's cool is that we have um, Lyric Lewis from AV Bio as my co-host. Uh, and then we had uh, Kevin Bloodsoe and Melissa Cookston, who are barbecue legends. Uh, Bloodsoe's out in Compton, and he's got one in Texas too. Man, his stuff is so good. But uh, he and Melissa are so different in their kind of sides of the world. Kevin is like, let's kick back. We'll get the smoker going. Pour me a little Hennessy, and we're have a good time. Melissa is like the you know the the smoke queen uh, with her Mississippi drawl, and it's it just is really fun. The stuff that they teach you but you're learning about these incredible people along the way. I went to the university of Georgia and there's a former UGA football player named Rashid Phillips, who's on the show. And Rashid just loves, he loves barbecue, loves cooking. And at the time he was in, I think it for Apple and two weeks after the show, he quits and starts doing barbecue full time. Wow. And so when you can see uh, something like that, have this effect in people's lives where they go, Oh my gosh, this is the thing I've always wanted to do. I'm going to go do that. It's it's really special to be a part of something like that, especially in the same summer that I got to do Floor is Lava. We shot that after American Barbecue Showdown, and um, sorry, we did we we shot it before, and they aired. They were trying to kind of go back and forth and figure out what's going to air, and so they air it, and we had thirty seven million viewers in the first month, and I don't know if everything I've ever done you could add it up cumulatively to get half of that. I, it's it's the craziest thing. And that's all over the world. And it's this crazy game show that doesn't have anything to do with anything, but they built it up as like, Oh, and if, if you win, you're going to get a chance to meet me. <laughs> and it's, we're of course being satirical, but there are a bunch of people like, who the hell is that guy? Like, why is it? So that's why I have, I know people can't see it, but I have these gigantic paintings of me behind me that were on the set of Flores Lava. So I, I just can't say enough, man. I wouldn't be here truly. I think without this show, uh, without you doing what you did and, and being able truly to watch your success over the years and your um, tenacity to always dig, to, to fight for the roles that you wanted, man, it's so cool to know that, uh, to be one of your buddies and, and to see that. You know, when I got to see you at the Pro Celebrity Race or at SEMA, any of the other times we've gotten to hang out, um, you are as genuine and as kind um, as they come, I've been able to call you before and ask you for advice. And there's just not a lot of people out there in the world um, like you. But to see um, how you can take a, a person like Dashiell, as brilliant and as funny as he is, and say, you're somebody that we need to work together. We need to go make this thing happen. Uh, what a treat, man. Thank you guys for having me. Thank this you, is just, Rod. I can't say it enough. I love you guys. This is awesome. Thank well, you so we much. We can't thank you. And you know that you always have an open door to the show, to to me, to Dashiell now. Right, Dash? I mean, you're not... To be a guest, but not to be a full replacement co-host because that would be insane. Never. No one's opening that door. <laughs> Never. And your schedule's so big. Mark Paul, his schedule's so busy. It's like, I don't. I just, I think we have a good thing. I know I tripped over the intro a bit, but I can get better, I promise. Uh, and yeah, no, Rut, we'd love to have you back soon. Your name is in the artwork, Dashiell. And it's you are very small and replaceable. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, Rut, thank you so much for joining us. Mark Paul, thank you for being here per usual. Thank you, the listener, for listening. Next week's homework is called House Party. Mark Paul, I think you know this episode. 
called a hunch. It's the one where we do like the 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 little thing in our tank tops. Barbara Ann. And Barbara Ann, yeah. A yeah. rare non-Scott Gale musical performance of Barbara Ann, which I would love to learn more about how they licensed that one and, and landed on that as like what the teens were bopping around to in 1990. And it's all about a, a Elvis statue. Yes. I, I, I know this one. Who Elvis yeah. gets mentioned in this episode, but it happened so quick, wasn't even worth getting into, but he did. He'll be back next week. The King will return. Thank you, folks. We'll see you. Oh, no, wait. We won't see you next week. Oh, my God. We won't be back until the new year. I just realized. So be safe. Have a, have a wonderful end to your year, and uh, we'll see you in the new year. Zach to the Future is a production of Cadence 13. It's executive produced by Mark Paul Gosler, myself, and Chris Corcoran. Production and direction led by Terrence Malingone. Editing and mastering by Andy Jaskowitz. Engineering and production coordination by Sean Cherry. Artwork by Kurt Courtney with illustrations by Jeff McCarthy. Marketing is led by Josephina Francis with PR by Hilary Schuf. Thanks to the whole team at Canes 13 and to you for listening.